The Dark Titty, episode 108. On today's show, Simone tells how she kissed a guy on Mad Men, Steffi queries Simone on Barry Manilow's wardrobe, and the ladies discover that saying cock always lightens the mood. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well. How are you, Dong Simone? I'm Dong fairly well, thank you. I'm still recovering from a bit of a cold, as you might be able to tell. Um, But I feel fine, I just sound like crap. How does that work, that the phlegm just, like, lasts, even though you feel totally normal? (laughs) Am I still actually sick? I don't know. But anyway, so sorry I sound a bit... A bit coldish, but um, but I'm otherwise feeling ship shape. But actually, last Thursday I wanted to die. I seriously wanted to die from the sickness. But it was all totally worth it because <laughs> I was sick after going to the Hollywood Bowl to see Barry Gibb. Oh of the my Bee Gees. god! Yes, it was oh. so great. So we. We'd actually gone up to the Bay Area um, the, on the Saturday, um, the 31st, to see him. And um, and that was Baby Quincy's first concert. And we had the little earphones to protect his ears. And he kept uh-huh. pulling them off his ears. So I've like, he didn't really have ear protection. I felt really bad. But it, luckily, it wasn't like the loudest concert in the world. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah, so I was really worried about that. But then he ended up falling asleep in the in the carrier. So, like, his head was pressed against my chest. So then I just kept my hand over his ear the whole time. Aww. Yeah. Like but then, that. like, when a great song would come on, I just be like sticking my fist in the air and going mouthing yeah but just like no sound was coming out because I didn't want to wake him up (laughs) it was really sad but anyway the show was amazing Barry still got it he's like 67 years he's 67 he'll be 68 on September 1st and um (laughs) and um and it's actually uh, Greg's and my anniversary of like when we first started going out is September first. So uh, we didn't know it at the time that it was Barry Gibbs' birthday. But, oh wow, um, that's really cool. It, it's, yeah, it's extra awesome since we named our son Quincy Gibbs. Oh, and I was such a dork at the show. Like anyone that was admiring Quincy at the Barry Gibbs show, I'm like, oh, he's so cute. I'm like, yeah, his middle name is Gibb. His middle name is Gibb. I just tell anybody who would be interested in him. But I mean, you're at a fucking Barry Gibbs show, so of course they're going to be impressed. No, so. I did that walking down Judah Street in San Francisco with Judah when he was a baby. And I'm like, really? yeah, yeah, his name's Judah <laughs> on Judah Street. <laughs> Can I steal a sign? <laughs> That's so cool. And that's, those people are probably less interested in being on Judah Street than the people They're at the like, Barry Gibb <laughs> concert. <laughs> and all those people are really impressed. But it's so funny when we parked, this guy like parked next to us, and he was fucking ready to just love the Bee Gees with anybody <laughs> who was there, which happened to be us. He's like, hey, so we're going to, we're going to the show, we're going to the show. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, so I'm the biggest Bee Gees fan in the world. And it's like, I don't know. Like, you know, Greg and Rachel, they're pretty big fans. He's like, oh, no, no. And like, ask me anything. Ask me anything. I got everything. I got everything. Whoa. He was just like, yeah. He was just like so wired. And he'd come from Idaho to um, to go to the show. And he's like, oh, well, you he can't say Bee Gees in Idaho. Yeah, I think so. It was pretty, pretty, pretty. He'd traveled like 10 hours, he said. But he was like, you can't say Bee Gees in Idaho. You'll get beat up. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Yeah, so we really admired his enthusiasm. And then I was like, well, our son's middle name is Gib. And he's like, oh man, oh man, I should have named my son. I should have named my son after them. Like, then he was like lo- losing the contest because we named him. <laughs> he was losing the contest. <laughs> the contest he that was. he created out of nowhere. <laughs> so, um, That's got to be extra disappointing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was just funny because, like, on the way up, we were like, you know, um, we were talking about how lame it was that all these people weren't going because, like, Barry's just such a living legend. And then, and then we're complaining about that guy after we parted ways. And it's like, you know what? Like, that's the kind of guy that we wanted. We were complaining that people weren't we weren't enough excited people. It's like, but that's the guy. That guy's excited. So then we embraced his lunacy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, he was he was a real guy. And then we're like when we came back to the car with like all those gazillion people, we're like both like looking for our cars at the same time. So we're like, oh no, he's back. But then we just, yeah, continued to, 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 continue. Oh, like, no, I ran down to the front of the stage. I ran down to the front of the stage. And he was like, yeah, he was just so nuts. But yeah, he was, he was great. But, um, anyway, so the show was amazing. The set list was great. Lots of surprises and things like I didn't expect. Like he's playing Grease because I love Grease because he, Barry wrote that song, even though Frankie Valli sings it in the movie. So, um, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. No, wow. Barry wrote it. Yeah, and it's such a great song. So Barry sang that, and just like, and he, and Barry still got it. Like he's still got the chops. He can still sing tragedy, you know, which is just such a demanding yeah. vocal. So I'm yeah, so terrible because so all I'm thinking about is God, how rich must he be if he wrote Grace? <laughs> I'm I not thinking about like his talent or anything. Okay, he didn't write the whole musical. He just wrote the theme song Grace that they have in the movie. So not the whole, not the oh, whole. Oh, still, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah no I mean he's still got yeah loads because I mean they wrote so many so many hits you know Islands in the Stream they they did that he wrote um, Woman in Love yeah Woman in Love like the Streisand you know that's from the Guilty album so yeah so they had they had played those songs and everything and yeah it was fucking awesome so anyway so then Hollywood Bowl comes up and we have front row we got these like this stupid VIP package um, <laughs> you know saying that we get a bunch of crap in the mail like a mug and a fake I think I talked about this before fake fucking laminate that gets you nothing a fake you know? laminate <laughs> well you know it's like, and guess what they, then a few days before the show they send us an email saying your package is coming in the mail it'll come up to 30 days after the show so like people who actually thought they would feel important wearing their shitty laminate they weren't even going to get it before the show <laughs> that really so sucks like, yeah so anyway but we we, we went into the thing and we're like we find our seats yes we're the front row to the side we're like yes we're like so excited it's like okay we're supposed to have access to a special vip bar so we um we go on the hunt looking for that and um and there's this guy standing by this door and it said barry gibb vip so we're like um and we didn't have any wristband or anything. We just had our ticket. And I was like, oh, is this, we have some VIP access to some bar. Is this it? And he's like, no, you'll have to talk to that guy. He was very polite. He's like, you'll have to talk to that guy over there. So we talked to that guy over there. And he's like, no, go over to that that tent over there. It's like, fuck. And we had to like actually go outside and get our that tickets guy. unscanned and go outside. And then she's like, no, 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 you got to go to the thing on the other side and of the box office. And it's like, fuck this. It's like, show starting in like 35, 40 minutes. We're like, this is bullshit, like just to get access to this special bar you know we still have to buy drinks at so we're like oh fuck this so we went back in and then the guy at the door we were like yeah just you know it, it just yeah it's you know we can't get in anywhere we're just supposed to get something else it's like we just paid extra and i'm like i don't really care i just want to drink but whatever and we're just talking like not blaming him but just saying how we should kind of get something and it's frustrating he's like 
you know, it's frustrating. You shouldn't. You should pay for something. You know, you should get something for what you paid for. And just, and just gave a little head nudge. We're like, oh, okay. So I'm like, thank you. So like, we walked wow. up the stairs. It's so so nice. Then we get up there, realize even if there was some VIP bar we were supposed to get to. That wasn't it because that one was going to be full of other losers who just bought a package. Other you know, no, this one is like the actual real VIP, and Olivia Newton-John and Barry Manilow are up there. Yes. Did you say Barry Manilow was there? Yes. Holy shit. Yes. Oh. And he and Olivia were talking to each other. It was so crazy. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty okay. wild. Okay. Can you describe what they look like up close? Okay. I didn't get too close to Barry Manilow. You know, he I, uh, he looked very surgerized. I could see that much. Yeah. But he was sort of his back was kind of was at an angle, but we were more getting his back. But we kind of saw him. But you know, we were trying not to look because we're not supposed to be there. You know what I mean? Because any right. second someone will see we have no pass. We have nothing. <laughs> you know. So we're just playing cool. We just got like a cup of wine and just sort of chilling out, just basking in it. You know, as long as we can you know and uh anyway and then like and then the security guy came up he's like would you mind bringing me down a bottle of water on your way down i was like of course and then he gave me a little wink and then went back wow. down because you know he's not allowed to take anything from the backstage area so it's like yep no worries um anyway and then it's like well we better go down because the show's gonna start soon so um and then i think somebody took a photo with olivia i was like okay the the you know game on okay i'm gonna yeah. do it so i went over and and then um i said hi olivia i said i'm simone i'm from melbourne she's like oh hi simone and and, uh, and I just asked if I could get a photo. I was so, like, not expecting anything like that to happen. Like, I didn't even Seriously. think to say that, like, Xanadu was one of my all-time favorite songs. So, uh, <laughs> I should have said that. But anyway, so I got the photo, and, you know, I posted it on Instagram and Facebook. Very exciting. Um, and anyway, and then, um, and just before that, we'd seen this lady walking around, and Greg's like, that's Linda Gibb, Barry's wife. Whoa. And now, this is so dorky, what I'm about to say, which I didn't explain uh, on Facebook <laughs> or anything. But uh, because we named, like, Quincy after Barry Gibb, like, we really kind of wanted to convey this somehow. So because we had front row, I bought a rose, and I, got, I printed out a picture of Quincy, and I put our son, Quincy Gibb Turkington, named in honor of the Bee Gees. And, um, and I wrapped it around the flower, and so I was going to just give it to him from the stage. But then, like, it, was like, I didn't, it wasn't about, like, having contact with Barry or anything. It was more just like I just want him to know you know so then when I saw Linda I'm like we should give it to Linda because she can give it straight to Barry so um and Greg was like I don't know I can't talk to her. I can't this is too much this is too much so I was like okay and then right after I f we were done with Olivia like um uh Linda was like about to go back in the door and I said excuse me Linda and she's like yeah and so I told her and she was like oh and then she's like what's your name and she was like really like thought it was really sweet and she's like you want me to give this to Barry and I was like yeah she's like okay and then she took it and I was like yes so it would have gone straight to Barry because his wife had it. So, wow. Yeah. Is she Australian yeah. too? Uh, no, she's English. Well, Bar the beaches are they're, they're English and they moved to Australia. Oh, when they were kids. I always get that mixed up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, they had like their formative musical years were in Australia. So, um, yeah, and then they were like trying to have hits there, and then um, uh, 
they sort of thought the aliens moved back to England and then as they were as the story goes on they were on the boat on their way back that's when Spicks and Specks um, was a hit in Australia which wasn't really a hit anywhere else but it's very <laughs> beloved in Australia um, anyway yeah so that was all that little crazy adventure and then you know we're front row show is again amazing and um, we got to shake Barry's hand on his way off the stage at the very end and yeah that was my magical Barry give experience but I just love that like you know like I have I get I get passes and things just through you know Greg you know doing shows and stuff and but like that I'm just there nothing as a nobody as just a person with no special anything and the guy still like sends us backstage you know what I mean like how does this even happen so I just like that I, I, I seem to attract that kind of thing without doing anything you know so that made me feel pretty great <laughs> great things my accent helps so yeah but it's so yeah. awesome yeah because it just doesn't happen. I mean, you know, before, when I've had, back in the old days, I would, like, try and finagle things. You know, like, you can't do anything. But probably that desperation and people knowing they want to get backstage and they're trying so hard. It's like, there's no way. Whereas we were just, like, totally cool, just wanting a drink. So I think that Good. that's what works. So, yeah. Good. Anyway. I remember we were backstage. Well, this was at Supergrass. And I don't remember the venue. It was in L.A., and um, it was the one that has Jerry Lewis's initials in the shower backstage. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was at the Avalon. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so we were back there, and there were all these radio contest winners who were being just pure from the pit of hell, all these people. <laughs> it was just so disappointing. <laughs> that was the night that, <laughs> that Greg was extra annoyed with all the people back there. And then he, was, yeah. he, got, he got even more annoyed because <laughs> someone ate all the hummus. And he, I remember he goes... <laughs> He goes, that guy was like Winnie the Pooh with a big pot of honey just eating the hummus with his paws. I don't know if I heard that. That's hilarious. Wow. Yeah. One thing I've learned about, and you know, you saw this from experience too, is that once you actually get backstage or are in some kind of venue, once you're in, like when you're like desperate as a fan and you're trying to get in, mm-hmm. like you feel like, oh my god, if I could just get in, like it would be so great, and it just seems like <laughs> the hardest mountain to climb. But anytime I've actually had legitimate credentials, <laughs> nobody checks. Once you're inside, they presume you're already okay, and you're just allowed to wander in. Like that time you accidentally wandered into that, um, oh, yeah. the Wilton before that. Bat- Wow, wow, wow show in excess show we went to yeah. like you're just hanging out there and everyone ignores you because they're like oh yep somebody must have approved her you know so it's I just know. like once, you, once you're in you just kind of act normal you know what I mean like I always thought I'm gonna get stopped at every fucking every fucking post you know checking my my credentials but no like once you're in it's like you're pretty much like almost free to go anywhere yeah so I feel yeah. like because I work at the hospital, whenever I go through the emergency room, like you're not really supposed to go through all the all that area if uh-huh. you're just someone like me who's not like a physician. But if you act like you know what you're doing, no one says anything. So I exactly I feel like it's just the same thing. Yeah, totally, totally. So there's some fan tips for people from <laughs> an expert. <laughs> Stalking.com. Yeah, <laughs> I should look up that that. Uh, yeah, um. <laughs> sure it's been taken oh yeah I just want to know what's there <laughs> <laughs> so um, two episodes ago and we forgot to talk about last time but we played um, I chose my song as being Smart Girls by um, 
by Brian Wilson, you know, oh. on the subject of, of living legends. And and it turned out you were already familiar with this monstrosity, which, uh, which, which Greg had only introduced to me a few weeks before. But yeah, I mean, what a fucking miserable, fucking oh, sad, sad, tragic... You know, culmination of a his career. His doctor, his psychiatrist, made him do it because he started exploiting oh, I know. him. And yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The Dr. Landy thing. I was chatting with the with the Eugene after that episode, and he thoroughly enjoyed the episode until that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't know about all the Dr. Landy stuff, so I like pointed him. There's a great. Um, interview on 60 Minutes like from about 1989 uh-uh. maybe early 90s I'm not sure when yeah and it's like it's been still with uh, Landy still with with Brian and Landy somehow allowed this interview and you can just see it's like it's like he made a mistake he made a fatal mistake and got too cocky and just let everyone see too much and you just see how Whoa. fucking much control he has over over Brian at that time oh, so no, I yeah we'll put a this. link to it yeah it's, it's, it's like about 20 minutes it's a two part thing but yeah that really tells you a lot about why Brian um, did that horrible song because they, 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 they brought him in to treat him and help him with his weight and his mm-hmm. you know being a recluse and all that and then suddenly like the family and, and the rest of the Beach Boys brought him in and then he started to take over and the next thing you know Dr. Landy is like no, not uh, he's stopping Brian from seeing the rest of the family and suddenly mm-hmm. he's co-writing Brian's albums it's like what mm-hmm. the fuck is going on and he's like on this insane you know, payroll, getting all these all these charges. I mean, it was such a fucked up situation. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I definitely recommend anyone who's like completely horrified by um, Smart Girls by Brian Wilson, <laughs> um, the the Brian Wilson rap. Um, you should definitely watch this and learn more about this fascinating uh, scenario with uh, with Dr. Eugene Landy. So yeah, God, I, uh, what an atrocity. <laughs> <laughs> so fascinating. Yes. So I, I can't remember how we got on the subject the other day when we were emailing, but you mentioned that you kissed a guy who ended up being on Mad Men. Yes. <laughs> and you said you'd tell me all the details now, and I think I've waited long enough, so let's hear oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I told you about this long time ago, but he hadn't been on Mad Men at the time. But yeah, no, it wasn't that exciting, and it wasn't a, actually a, a, a real kiss. But, um, you yeah, know, we, uh, back when I was uh, still studying acting, um, he was my scene partner, and uh, we did a scene from The Glass Menagerie, and there's a kiss between my character and his character, just a very, you know, not very long, closed mouth, you know, kiss. This girl, like, you know, can't get a date, and she's a cripple, so... Um, <laughs> What? That's how they describe it in the play. I'm not being un. I know. Incorrect. I'm just like I'm delighted that Tennessee you played Williams. this role. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to see how you did it. It's <laughs> very reserved character, but anyway, I was like, if anyone's you know got a problem with, with saying crippled, that reserved. <laughs> um, yeah, take it up with Tennessee Williams, but um. Anyway, uh, yeah. So yeah, so we did that play. I was a Laura. He was a gentleman caller. So yeah. Um, yeah, we had a had a brief kiss and uh, yeah, it was awkward and I wasn't really comfortable doing it. But yeah, then I'm watching now. I've seen he pops up on things like I've seen him pop up on Entourage and he just like, like shows that. And there's some other shows I don't even usually watch, but I just happened to see like a second of I think it was Scrubs or something. Like I just happened to be changing the channel. Like there he was. Like he's always getting these like, you know, uh, one-off you know parts like that. So in that the last episode of the. Uh, 
the most recent episode of Mad Men, the last episode of the first half of season whatever the fuck we're on. Um, yeah, there's, two, there's three guys in the plane, um, or two guys in the plane with Ted, and yeah, the guy in the front seat is the guy that was my scene partner. Mike wow, Riddell. okay. Yeah. Let's go back and watch. Yeah, so yeah, so that was fun. But uh, seeing him, I'm always happy to see him. He's like, oh, he's in something else. So yeah, he was, uh, he was always booking work, even when we, uh, when we did our scene together. So... Yeah, but always just like one-off things like that. I don't think he's had like a recovery role or anything. But anyway, that's still more than most people get. So good on him and getting on Mad Men. Oh, oh and my friend Amber. My friend Amber is doing extra work on the last. I guess it's the last three episodes at the very end. Um, I guess they're already shooting it. So um, yeah, and she was in. It. I guess I didn't see her, but she was in it at the very beginning as well. Um, so yeah, but she was posting pictures of Facebook of her like from the set, and she posted a picture of like the racks of clothes, and I'm just oh like, my God. oh my god. God. Let me add it. Even though I'd have to add like a five-inch panel to everything so I could fit in it. Um, let me add it. Let me. Serious. <laughs> oh my word. Oh. Yeah. So great. But um, yeah. So I'm excited to know some people getting the Mad Men work. I'm just too ethnic. To, I never even tried to get extra. You're too work ethnic. I was. I'm too oh. ethnic. You and Seagull's my color on that show. They're either black or white. That's so, so interesting. Yeah. So racist, y'all. I asked Matthew Weiner myself if I was, the, uh, and he, he said, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm like Todd Berry. He always goes, wow. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing that. Um, so speaking of kissing random people, um, last uh-huh. Thursday night, <laughs> David's speaking movie, pre- I know, David's movie premiered at oh, Seattle yeah. International Film Festival. So it was really fun that we went to the, it was at the Egyptian and it was sold out and it was, you know, fantastic to watch it with everybody. So after that, we went up to um, the Chop Suey, which is a few blocks up because Tennis Pro was going to play a show. So I, I hadn't eaten dinner and that's all I have to say for you to know where this is going. Um, I only had like three or four drinks, but apparently every time someone would bring me one, I would kiss them on the mouth like to say thank you. And so I started getting these texts the next day and they're like, do you remember kissing me? (laughs) Wow. I'm like, it wasn't anything fun, was it? And they're like, no, you're just saying thank you. Okay, good. (laughs) But my friend Anna, um, Aaron, who does our voiceover here sometimes, apparently I... Apparently, I rewarded him um, for buying me a drink. Um, I just remember my friend Anna. I, I do remember that, and just like I just I do remember how her lips felt like these unfamiliar, you know, like not yeah. what you're used to. <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, whatever. Well, I don't know. I I don't think I completely embarrassed myself, but <laughs> it was kind of fun to get those texts. Oh hey. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. We'll ask Aaron if it was that awesome or not. <laughs> yeah, see, see if you if we still owe him beer for doing the voiceover. Ah, <laughs> Sorry. Oh wait, what if we just like write it all off and say that was your payment? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, last I think before last episode. Um, uh, well, after the last episode, you wrote the intro. This is all segging so beautifully. Um, yeah, it kind of <laughs> is. After the last episode, when you wrote the intro for for Aaron, um, you'd written something, and I was like, and I and I wanted you to change it because I thought it was inappropriate um, about my <laughs> my sadly deceased coworker, and um, and I was gonna like say, oh, I'm sorry, can you change it? And I was like, no. 
like there's nothing to really be sorry about like obviously it's a sensitive subject and I feel it would be inappropriate to say that and I know you didn't mean any harm by it so I'm just asking you to do it and so I decidedly didn't say sorry I just asked say oh could you change that I don't think it's appropriate or whatever I said but you know and I just realized how much we just say sorry all the time for things we don't have to be sorry about you know yeah and um and I don't know if it's a if it's a bad habit if it's any if it's really anything to, to think or worry about too much I mean obviously I'm not losing any sleep because I'm like, oh sorry oh sorry because somebody else bumped into me but you know what I mean I just think mm-hmm. it's sort of an interesting trend where we automatically apologize for something um, that we don't have to be sorry for and, I, and, I, and I, I think when you read it you probably didn't think I had to be sorry about it you, if anything you may have felt bad you yeah know, you know what I mean so um, which I didn't want to make you feel bad but um, which is why you would apologize <laughs> yeah exactly but it's like then I'm sort of diffusing my quest you know so um yeah so um and then i came with a genius idea to just ask somebody to do something like that and then just saying cock afterwards to lighten the mood but that way it's not an apology but you're just sort of saying yeah oh could you change that please and then if you're worried the person feels bad you just say cock (laughs) (laughs) i think this has got legs (laughs) i think it does i think it does um, so, I noticed, I was noticing that, well, I think we were talking about it that day. You're like, I was going to apologize to you. I said not to. And I said, well, I, this morning as I was getting off the bus, there was this woman who was sitting on the aisle seat. I was on the window and I had to get off at my stop. And, and so I said, I'm sorry to her twice, maybe three uh-huh. times, just because, yeah. you know, it, because of the woman code. If it had been a man, I wouldn't have apologized. Right. And I was just noticing that about myself. So I was just, yeah. Is that everybody or is that just me or how's that go? Yeah, I don't know. I think think in general I feel like I'm an intrusion on almost everybody's lives. Yeah, no, (laughs) I I do too. um, And that's what I think part of it's what's what's tied into it and why I'm thinking about it. It's, you know, it's like, should I really be treating every, all of my actions as an intrusion when I have you know, rights to certain things, you know, and that are reasonable. I'm not, when I'm not being, when I'm being totally reasonable, I shouldn't have to apologize for things, you know, and it's part of just, you know, you know, all this feminist stuff that women are just trying to be liked, trying to, you know, not afraid to assert themselves and that kind of thing. So you just diffuse everything with an apology. So, um, yeah, it's something I'm trying to be mindful of, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's interesting. Cock. Cock. <laughs> Do you remember on Seinfeld where instead of saying bless you when someone sneezes, they're like, no one wants to hear that. Let's just say you are so good looking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. That sounds great. <laughs> oh, that reminds me, though, like I didn't, uh, you know, back when we were kids and um, maybe I told you this already. Maybe. Sorry, everybody, if I've told it already. But um, uh, when we would sneeze and we said bless you and I thought there should be something for a cough. So I came up with coffo. <laughs> you came up with what? Say it again. Coffo. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that shitty? <laughs> How old were you? I don't know. Like 20? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I was like under 10. <laughs> I, yeah, I also love the whistle that you would do when you were done talking. You should do that in some song. It's really adorable, I have to admit. <laughs> I really love that. <laughs> and just, I remember the sadness in my dad's voice when he realized I was conscious of it and had stopped doing it. He was like really, really sorry that he had said it. 
now, um, on a on a on a more somber note, something we probably want to say cock after we finish talking about. It's been a bunch of shootings lately, and I think we need to talk about that. During today, I was when I was leaving work. Um, I said to my coworker something. Uh, we were talking about something going on in the neighborhood, and she said something something. This van's there because of the shooting. I live in LA. This used to mean shooting a film, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, what? And I, go, I immediately think there's a shooting going on. On Monday, while I'm at work, Greg, I was, you know, about an hour or so before I went to lunch. Greg's like, oh, there's a guy in North Hollywood, you know, with a gun and like, you know, there's like a police chase and all this. Like, he didn't know where he was going to go. So he's like telling me not to like go outside. And I was like, you know, it's just fucking bullshit. All this fucking you know, fucking shootings. So, you mm-hmm. know, that, you know, the Isla Vista shooting. Um, uh, I want to talk about that because there was a lot of, a lot of misogyny outrage going on about that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people just were catching sort of like the very bare minimum of information about that and, mm-hmm. you know, making, because he, the, he kept talking about the women that rejected him mm-hmm. and that's why he was going on this rampage. But when you learn more about it, you realize he was never actually talking to any women. He felt rejected because he thought he had all these, he was good looking and mm-hmm. had a nice car and great sunglasses. And he, he, <laughs> he actually said in his manifesto, I would sit outside Domino's mm-hmm. and wait and they would just keep walking by and not talk to me. Like mm-hmm. that's what he felt like as a rejection. He felt like the women with other guys, other guys of other ethnicities, which he felt were inferior to him. Like these were all, these are the rejections he taught, he, he meant. Wow. Not he asked a girl out and she said no. So he thinks I need to kill her. He felt rejected by all women for not approaching Ooh. him. And clearly he was like, he couldn't even talk to women. And even before I read that, just when I watched one of his videos, something he said, I got that impression that he didn't actually um, communicate with women. So hmm. Um, and so obviously that manifested into but into a hatred of women, but it was a hatred of women. It was a hatred of men who were able to have relationships, a, a, mm-hmm. a hatred of, you know, men of other ethnicities that he thought were inferior to him, you know. It, and mm. there was all this mass delusion about winning the lottery. He was spending thousands of wow. dollars trying to win the lottery because he thought he deserved it, you know. Wow. So there were all these other issues involved, and it just kind of annoyed me that everyone was jumping on the misogyny thing because they heard rejected by women, killed a bunch of people you know what i mean and it's like it was so much more complicated than that Hmm. um but um but aside from that and greg's been saying this for a while and it keeps happening but they keep publishing the names of these people and making them like you know week-long rock stars you know and that that is an incentive for other people it's like you know Mark David Chapman, who assassinated um, John, John Lennon, Lennon, one of the things he that uh, appealed to him was he's like he was jealous of his fame and fame, and he thought he could he could get that fame, he could like take it for himself. And he did <laughs> if he did this exactly. So and and why? Because these names get published and these people become characters. They put the fucking Boston bomber on the cover of Rolling Stone. You know, yeah. it's like um, and and it's this loop because the people demand to know. And mm-hmm. you know what? We don't really need to know all the details. Like, you know, they, there's a policy. They don't publish victim the names of victims of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. The same should be true of these fucking gunmen. Just 100 percent. You know, I, I don't know any of I haven't read any stories about these shootings, like even the local one here. And it's it, yeah. but it's not for out of principle. It's kind of like I don't want to know. Like, it's just so yeah, sad. Yeah. Um, but I, and that's not to say I don't have morbid curiosity because I totally do. But I'm just, yeah, yeah. everything like there was a shooting here in Seattle um, a week ago and it was, you know, on the 
Christian college campus here and and Ugh. David is the one who's given me all the information like I don't even know what the shooter looks like you know I right. don't, and it's just kind of comes from just oh that is so awful I just I'm so scared yeah and you don't, don't really know. need to know like there's no great benefit to you knowing that you know yeah. all we really need to know is that this fucking bad shit happened but if there's a car wreck, I will totally rubberneck it, you know. Like, <laughs> so I'm not trying to act like I'm principled, but there is something to that where I was just like, oh, that's too real for me for some reason. The yeah. Thing, Weren't there two know. shootings in Seattle? There was, okay, there are shootings all the time in Seattle that don't go reported because they're in a bad part of town. But oh, when right. a gunman, <laughs> yes, when the gunman opens fire, this was on Thursday at SPU, Seattle Pacific University, which is this Christian you know christian college here in seattle that is in queen anne which is really nice neighborhood you know expensive school i guess four people were shot i don't three three of them died i don't even know and it was front page news immediately helicopters everywhere but my coworker right. was shot in the face last sunday in <gasps> a bad part of town um he was he's he was black and he's gay and he was in the central district which is you know like low-income rough neighborhood and they think it was a hate crime but it was just driving by he and his friend he was with her both shot in the face and i only know about it because i worked with him it didn't make any headlines i didn't you know like we just weren't informed but when these white people these rich white people start you know oh it's the biggest deal really made me upset and because like and, and i read about these shootings coming through the hospital but i can't say anything because it's protected health information so i know that there's all this stuff you know yeah. drive-bys and i think there's something about the campus element that that gets really sensationalized maybe but yeah um it's uh it's just disgusting I think that with the campus thing, it's almost like here's this group of people congregating for this specific reason, and this person's come in to exact, you know, an yeah. attack on on this group. You know what I mean? Or bettering themselves group. with education, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and I think people like students just seem more vulnerable somehow, and yeah, yeah, maybe but, so. You know, anything in a mall in a you know laundromat, it would all be equally as bad. It just mm-hmm. seems like if it was a laundromat, there'd be less available victims you know but mm-hmm. still um i mean sorry if this is a dumb question but people do survive a bit i mean did your co-worker die or yeah died yeah um yeah. and his mother you know black woman she said i he was a graduate of the uw like in all the you know whatever i could find she's like i want everyone to know that he had a had a bachelor's degree and he was employed and he wasn't you know he was bettering himself you know and they yeah. just wanted to make it clear that he wasn't some, you know, he wasn't mixed up in drugs and gangs and stuff. And right, it was right. just so, I just, I just felt it was like so telling that these, these families had ne- needed to iterate that just to try to like get some justice and respect for their son. So, yeah, yeah, I know that's all because anyone, if they saw a picture of him, they would just think, oh yeah, of course, Yep. you know, people would so quickly and which is why they didn't even bother to report it anyway. Same with all those white girls that Nancy Grace obsesses about, oh. you know, when they go missing you know, but, you know, all the black girls that go missing, you know, sorry. Yep. There's a yeah. really good um, uh, Patrice O'Neill bit where he's like, you know that the name of that girl, Natalie, who d- disappeared in Aruba? <laughs> and everyone knows exactly <laughs> Natalie yeah. Holloway. This is who killed her, this guy. And they're like, do you know blah, blah, blah? Of course you don't. She's black. <laughs> it's it's yeah. so good. I'll link that. Yeah. It's, oh, I love him so much. Up. 
up. Did you know this coworker very well? Or? No, I just, he worked on my floor and I knew who he was and we'd like kind of say hi, you know, that sort of thing. Like we would, right. it was the nod and like, oh, you have nice shoes and, you know, like that sort of thing and right. um, just kind of would talk. So I totally knew who he was, but um, yeah. it's not like I sat next to him and talked to him every single day. But right, right. Um, yeah, he's 25, I think. I'll, I'll link to what I found about him to honor him. Yeah. And I'm not going to yeah. link to the SPU shootings. Because even Good. people in L.A. heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Cock. Um, <laughs> what do you say after that? I mean, it's fucked. Ugh, seriously. Ugh. Oh, my God. Are you ready to get mad? I'm ready Are to you get ready? mad. <laughs> Are you ready to get mad about Adam Levine? Um, oh! Sometimes I check his Twitter feed, and I, as I also check um, Ann Coulter's Twitter feed and Nancy Grace's <laughs> Twitter feed, just because, right? So um, this was yesterday or two days ago. Adam Levine tweeted, I think that Jack Black and Jack White should do an album together and call it <gasps> Black and White. <laughs> Not nearly as good as your idea. Not no. Nearly. I said they should do a cover of Ebony and Ivory. Yes, and you told Jack White to do that, right? Or you told them I told, separately. I've told them both separately, yes. I've told Jack Black he should do that, and I've told Jack White that they should do that. And you know what? I bet they both think that I'm cooler than Adam Levine, so I don't really give a fuck. So, I bet they do. Yeah. I mean, Jack White told me I had cool hair when he saw my beehive. He did? He did! And then oh, after okay. that, when, he, when his um, Blunderbuss album came out, they, he had the girls touring with him, and they all had beehives. I'd like oh. to think I inspired that. <laughs> I hope you did. Yeah, I doubt it. You but better whatever. have, young lady. Yeah, but anyway, so I'm pretty sure that they both think I'm uh, much better than that douche lord, so <laughs> that's fine. But, um, God damn that guy, that guy sucks so much. Oh my God, what other Adam Levine thing did I have to... Oh yeah, yeah, my co-worker saw, my friend saw um, Bono and Larry Mullen Jr., and Adam Levine at a restaurant in LA no. last week. Yes. I haven't even talked to her about it. I forgot. She posted it on Facebook. Yeah, and I was just like, I was like, totally awesome for Bono and Larry. I was like, but I want to express my vehement dislike for Adam Levine. Oh. <laughs> so just totally no. like, blah. And what's so fun is to call Bono Bono because people get really mad. <laughs> <laughs> He's so beloved. Oh my god, this is so funny. But in, in when I was in year seven, so when I was twelve, when my friend um, Nicole first got into U two and became obsessed with Bono, um, and she just wanted everything to do with Bono. And then this other girl, Nadia, found this picture of Cher and Sonny Bono in a magazine and cut it out. But we didn't know who Sonny Bono was, <gasps> so she was like, "Is this Bono? Is this Bono?" And she was like trying to like reconcile that this picture of Sonny Bono was. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Fantastic. It, it was a very small picture. Very but small. she just wasn't sure. It wasn't like a cl- clear picture of his face, and we just, it was just very confusing. I said, what's this sunny in front? I don't know. So, um, anyway. <laughs> um, so, uh, I wanted to talk about, um, uh, a f- I think it was last week or the week before, somebody posted a link 
um, uh, let's see, you know, these anti-vax and natural remedies fucking conspiracy theorist people, you know, like somebody posts this link saying John Johns Hopkins. Uh, published a study saying that if you just follow these directions, you know, it'll cure cancer, right? Mm-hmm. And so somebody posts this. I click on it. The site looks like it's designed by Cheech and Chong. It's oh, got no. fucking like rainbows and swirly graphics and just just made by morons. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the worst website. And I'm like, who the fuck looks at a website like this? with medical information and just because it lists Johns Hop- Hopkins in it I hate mm-hmm. saying that plural after it I do too Hopkins after it. <laughs> Johns Hopkins it's so hard um, uh, why does somebody just buy that and ignore the fact this site is made by idiots do you know what I mean and the same is true with anyone who posts any anti-vaccination links I click on them it's always not as bad as this one was but it's always like a really poorly designed website somebody using a very basic template and the graphics are bad like you know what I mean like they don't have the the clout of a of a real you know of any kind of real legitimate institution behind them and that's not to say that web design you know only works with with legitimate things it doesn't you can have the biggest bullshit around and have a good website but my point is that every single fucking anti-vax website has <laughs> is, it seems to be like this like i've not seen one that looked like it was from a legitimate a legitimate source you know what i mean it's like the people doing that are yeah. so nuts that they can't even see that's like Christian that, that web design. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like the spinning logos and things like that. Yeah, they have they they they're, they're so they're kind of so messed up that they can't see that this is this doesn't convey your message in an appropriate fashion, which you know just come brings into question all their judgment. I think. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. So as I said, legitimate website doesn't equal facts, but your shitty website tells me a lot about you. So um, yeah, I'm finding that that to be a, a common trend. I'm yet to find a, a legitimate oh. website that's like a pro, like an anti-vax website that's legitimate. Oh, and that thing with the cancer, like I looked it up on Snopes and immediately it's been like four, it's four years old. This thing about the, the Johns Hopkins coming up with the oh. natural remedies for cancer. But it's just like, I can't believe all these people liked that link, you know? Like so many people uh. kept looking at it, looking at it and liking it, you know? And wow. that's the other thing. Did you hear about like the Rue McClanahan thing? Um, no. Uh, oh, so I guess... Um, I guess a few days ago was the anniversary of Rue McClanahan's death. She okay. died for, in 2010. Right. And I, I didn't remember when she died, but I knew that Betty White was the last golden girl. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, so somebody's posting, um, uh, I guess, like, this, uh, some sort of golden girl's Twitter had posted something about, you know, rip, you know, uh, Rue or whatever with other stuff saying it was the anniversary but then somebody retweets it then it gets changed and then all the stuff about the anniversary disappears and just becomes Rue McClanahan so then all these people just start posting that Rue McClanahan just died somebody oh, posted God. like on Facebook you know rip Rue oh, this is, they put, that's right they put no like it had just happened I'm like <laughs> I know this happened before and you click on the link and it's from 2010 and it's just like yeah and then but this is what kills me right so alright people get duped by this you know we all forget when these old celebrities die I understand you know you forget that they died um but uh so you realize it's not true and then you just fucking leave it there. Because in the comments, someone's like, um, she died four years ago. Oh, lol, I didn't even look, blah, blah, blah. 
Delete wow. the fucking thing. Delete the fucking thing. Like so many people post this shit or they post these dodgy articles. And I talked about this before that time that somebody posted about the barcoding in Europe. And I said, this isn't true. Yeah. And I posted a link. And yeah. then it's like, well, it's still messed up though. It's like, no, it's not it's messed up because it's not true. Though. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's like when you post a bogus link, just because a conversation ensued, it's mm -hmm. a bullshit conversation. Just delete it because it's just mm -hmm. people scrolling are just going to see the headlines and it just spreads oh. misinformation, you know, like the whole uh, measles autism link. Like that has been debunked so hard. And if you actually look at the fucking way the link was made in the first place, you'll find it's complete and utter bullshit. And the thing with it, like the, the fact that it keeps coming up, even me, who's like totally pro-vaccine, like when it was coming up to Quincy's like getting it, I was like a little nervous. Do you know what I mean? It's like, why am I yeah. nervous? Because of all this fucking shit. This yeah, yeah. Misinformation. So yes, misinformation. Yeah, um, because yeah, I had that. something kind of similar happen on the stuff Christian culture likes page where I posted a parody of something. Um, oh yeah. It was. It was like it was. It was so. It seems so obviously untrue. It was. It's by the. You know. Some some site like the Onion, not nearly as good as the Onion, but you know, it's a uh -huh. pastor's wife hires a body double to sit in the front pew for her for four years or something like that. Oh yeah, and yeah. it's and people fell for it, and I I was just like haha, you know, I just kind of posted it to yeah. break up all the heartbreaking shit that I posted. There's so much about Christianity, so I'm like haha, here's this, and and someone told me he's like, I would appreciate it if you were a little more responsible with the things that you post and you let us know when it's satire or not, and I go. I go, hey, I'm not going to tell you what to think. Um, if you want fundamentalism, that's widely available. But you can <laughs> use your critical thinking skills. And if you don't think it's funny, then this is not the place for you. You know, like that sort yeah. of thing. And he's like, your elitist attitude is a reason I won't be, I'll, I will be unliking your page. And I'm like, yeah, it's in the top left corner. And if you think that's elitist, me telling you to have freedom of thought, then yeah, <laughs> God speed <laughs> you to hell, basically. So anyway. Wow. It got really heated. It got like 350 comments long. <laughs> wow! That's so fucked up. It was so funny. And I think it's just because these people come from this fundamentalist background and they're like, I think that you should tell me what to think, <laughs> you know? Because they're not yeah, used to like... Yeah. yeah, I'm like, dude, parody. Didn't you read Animal Farm? Didn't you read 1984? Like, you can't listen to people <laughs> to figure out what to think about everything. Yeah, so. yeah. Especially something like that. I mean, it was so harmless if they believed it. Like, all that's yes, left is that like, you feel kind of stupid. Even anything like, don't vaccinate your children, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. story about a body double that was completely unbelievable, so. Yeah, yeah. No, I read that story. It was ridiculous. Do you know what satire <laughs> side I really hate? Like, and people post articles from it, and I read it, and I'm like, this is fucked up. This can't be real. And then I realize it's from, I think it's the Daily Cut. It's like yeah. there's such a there's such a wannabe onion, but like uh, they just overdo it, and it's just so ridiculous. Like it totally lacks the subtlety and the the intelligence of the onion. So yeah. it's just like just such in your face ridiculousness. And so, but it's even worse because anyone that posts something from that and you can tell they believe it, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's it's just so. I did post something from there that I I didn't know that it was um, a parody site. It said that Michelle Bachman said that you know she made some statement about how abortion like makes the baby jesus cry or i don't know it, it was anyway yeah. it was believable and i posted it and people are like this is parody i'm like oops sorry guys and 
Yeah. And they're like, you have an agenda in posting this to make the Republicans look bad. I'm like, I think it says something that I would think that this is true. You know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Republicans already, which is what satire and parody are supposed to do. I don't know. Yeah, that is but. something I always find with those Daily Current ones, even though I overall don't think it's very good, is that it's like some sensational, crazy headline, and I click on it because it's like something I want to believe is so terrible about that person, like Michelle Bachman being like extra fucked. And it's like, yeah, she is. And then, you know what I mean? And then, and then you really like, this is fuck. This is fuck. Wait, no, 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 no. Okay. Uh, and then you're disappointed. <laughs> you're like, oh, I kind of wanted to have said that. About her yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So maybe. It but I know function. she really thinks it too anyway. So yeah, she totally does. Um, so we talked, you asked me about my, um, my wet bread feelings um, uh, a few weeks ago, and I just yes. want to follow up on that. So um, yeah, <laughs> this should be a needing... segment with a yeah. trademark after it. Wet bread feelings. Trademark. Wet bread feelings. Simone's wet bread feelings. <laughs> wet bread feelings with Simone. <laughs> Put some music under that. Some soft music. Yes, or you, no, or I'm already, I'm already, I'm already editing it in my mind. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I've got ideas. Um, <laughs> I look forward to seeing how this came out. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so I told you like I was just dealing with a little wet bread of these rice cakes, you know, and like a little bit would fall into his out of his mouth and into his bib. Well, now I've been feeling feeding him actual bread, you know, like dipping it in hummus and feeding him actual bread, and occasionally falls out. So this is actual glutinous bread you know that's been masticated has hummus mixed glutinous. in and masticated it's like and, and, it's, and it's like in his bib pocket and and then like it's i've got to scoop it out into the trash and i touched it a little bit and like i have that feeling i wrote this blog a while ago about phantom feelings where you feel like it's like you can feel something still on you like if you stood mm-hmm. in dog shit you still feel like it's you could feel it on your shoe except oh. you don't have any feelings connected to your shoe but your mind makes it feel like you are aware of the dog shit and like its actual location <laughs> you know on the shoe yeah. but it's total mind bullshit so like yeah that feeling of like you have to touch the wet bread to scoop it out i think i got a spoon to do it because I didn't want to touch it because I did try to touch it and like disgusted me so much and I realized when I'm changing his diaper and unfortunately when you change a baby a lot inadvertently when they're squirming you will accidentally get some shit on your hands from time to time and I realized that doesn't gross me out as much as the wet bread like I'm like wow and like I'll like get it and I'll like wipe my finger and then finish it up and then go wash my hands and I feel like it's over with I'm clean but the wet bread like the horror of touching it is worse than touching shit for me <laughs> so I thought I'd share that. <laughs> that's pretty profound. That is, yeah. That's the opposite of my problem because I just can't handle. That's why I'm not a nurse is I can't handle poop or snot. Uh-huh. And people told me when you have your own babies, it'll be different. You won't mind changing their diapers, and that was absolutely false in my case. Wow. I hated it. I gagged. I about threw up. I I did throw up a little bit sometimes each time. Like if you, if I think about changing a dirty diaper i i can make myself kind of throw up if i just think about it so that's my wet bread equivalent i think wow it, it makes more sense than the wet bread so more power to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah Ugh. did you ever see so were you actually thinking about being a nurse but you just couldn't do it because of these, yes. these reasons wow yeah, have you ever seen the disorderly orderly by jerry with jerry lewis 
Say that again. Have you seen The Disorderly Orderly with Jerry Lewis? No, I haven't. I need to. What? Jerry Lewis? You do? Yeah, well, he, he's an orderly <laughs> yes. at this hospital. And he, um, he's, he's like, he comes from a long line of doctors, but he can't be a doctor because he's really squeamish about medical conditions oh and the sight of blood. That's like me. that's his. How come yeah, I don't yeah. know about this? That's my movie. <laughs> it is your movie. That's all I say. She's got to see the disorderly orderly. <laughs> the disorderly orderly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. <sighs> well, um, I guess we're just about ready to wrap things up. Did you have anything? Oh, I wanted to ask you, what was the um uh the fallout from your um Seattle Weekly um cover? You know, there wasn't really anything. Like nothing really happened except well, I mean, my coworkers kind of came by my cube and made me sign it, which was really nice. But um, <laughs> I, I like went down to HR and I was like, "Is this going to get me in trouble or anything? Like, do I have any conflict of interest?" Because they, I go, they, they used my hospital that I work at, and I feel weird about that. And they're like, "No, it's fine. We think it's really cool what you do." And I'm like, "Wow, thank you." So that was yay! cool. Yeah, yay. Um. It was just really funny to walk around and see your face, like, on, you know, just at every Everywhere. bus stop, like, every, on every block downtown. It was just really, really weird. And then as yeah. the week went on, it, like, I would see my face, like, in the road with tire tread on it and stuff. That was yeah. funny. <laughs> so, yeah, no real fallout, though. It really wasn't that big a deal. So, yay, I guess, because Did you get a big like, spike in followers? No, I only got like yeah, like five more followers. Like not that really? many, you know. It was so weird. So. Wow, I thought you'd get like a few thousand more. I know, right? It's, well, it's more than five. It was like maybe a hundred or something, but still, yeah. Wow. Well, that's mm. so strange. <laughs> and there's like a new really mean parody account about me, like extra mean. So. <laughs> oh yeah, you mentioned. I haven't had a chance to look at. I just saw your email earlier. So oh yeah. So I think that came from it, and it's like saying I'm a nobody, and I think I'm awesome, or something. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like talking about the weekly cover. Yeah, that's the um, only fallout. Well, before we close, I just thought of this today, and I wanted to mention it and see your thoughts. But um, I had to write copy for one of our products that worked for our Facebook page, and you know, I was not really going to use this word, and it was just I was just like trying to, you know, brainstorming. <laughs> I did use just use the word brainstorming. I apologize. Um, <laughs> that one's fine. <laughs> oh, good, good. I thought you may may like be gritting your teeth while I spoke and ah. have this grinding sound on the final recording. Um, <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I was brainstorming words to, to, you know, to use in this in this piece, which was like sort of, you know, talking about this industrial scene. And um, and the word edgy popped into my mind. And I thought, oh, no. even if it was relevant, it just like, I hadn't really given it much thought, but be, like it just popped in my mind. And then I was immediately embarrassed to myself, even though like, this was all going on in my own brain, even though I didn't even use it, I didn't put in a sentence or anything it was just scrolling through words and then I just realized how bad the word edgy is and it's like if you use the word edgy to describe something that you're watching or something that you're doing like you're just doing it wrong <laughs> like you know either the, you know what I mean like it's just yeah. sad it's just there's something so tragic about it you know yes it's almost like when your mum calls something cool oh you know? my god that's yeah, my favorite like, thing it's a bit, with it's a bit edgy because I think I like go, when things go, are edgy, it's like I don't think of them as I edgy. Know. It's just like I'm just like it, it is what it is. It's it's you know. It's, you know what my parents would always say? My they'd say that's really with it. 
And I'm like, oh! stop saying that. <laughs> so now with Judah, like the kids, we had they had some concert the other night. So we're driving there and they're like, okay, guys, you know, mom and dad, please be really quiet and act normal. And so I yelled out the window, like we're parking, and I go, I'm a cool mom, like out the window. <laughs> and they like hit the floor. They're like, you better stop it. <laughs> it's really oh. kind of funny. I know, I know. I was like, well. Mm-hmm. They're just going to have to get used to having an edgy parent like you. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when your mom's this cool. That's right. Oh, those poor kids. Oh, God. But yeah, did you already have a problem with the word edgy? I, you know what? I do, but it's only, it's funny because you said the word relevant next, like right up after you said edgy the first time and Uh I I don't like those two words together because of the Christian culture thing because they went so badly to be both those things right there's even there's even a horrible Christian magazine called relevant it's like calling your magazine (laughs) edgy like hey look at us like it's oh so trying so hard and just I forgot you've got the whole Christian culture like (laughs) desperately wanting to be edgy so that's um, all they want yeah it reminds me of do you what's the word in um uh, in uh, America, how you would say it, but we would call people in school tryhards, people that try too hard. But I like that. Such a tryhard. A wannabe, What's, maybe. Oh yeah, a wannabe. That's what it is. Yeah, a wannabe. Yeah, in I Australia, like tryhards they, better. Yeah, tryhards is pretty cool. You're such a tryhard. Stop being <laughs> such a tryhard. Yeah. Because <laughs> the whole point of being cool is not caring, right? Like that's or being genuine. Like that's what being cool actually is. is exactly. And that's why that's why nerds are becoming cool now because they're just being themselves and everyone's pick, catching on to how cool that is. So anyway. exactly. But then the people that are then trying to be nerds are uh, tryhards. <clears throat> I have a new magazine out called Edgy. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid how do they sleep at night with a magazine called relevant like that is so fucking it's so desperate it's so try hard they're trying so hard yeah such good christians yeah Alrighty. well i guess that about wraps things up and i didn't cough through the whole show so i think we did pretty great <laughs> so uh please uh, go to amazon uh, go to dongtini.com uh, and click on the link before buying anything on amazon and uh if you have something to say a funny story or such and such uh, give us a call on the dong line at 323-301-DONG dong is a wiener <laughs> Very good I'm Stephanie. falling down on the job. <laughs> I did that last week too. Oh. You did. Damn so uh, until next time, bye Stephanie. Bye Simone. Bye. If ever you got rain in your heart, someone has hurt you. And torn you apart Am I unwise To open up your eyes To love me And let it be Like they said it would be Me loving you, girl And you loving me Am I unwise To open up your eyes
Open up your eyes to love me. 